You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Sometimes you have to go through hell to realise how much you need God. You know, to realise, well, I, I, I didn't think I needed him. <laughs> Turns out I, I might. Turns out I, I do. <laughs> right, right. And um, sometimes God allows uh, the, the, the dark night of the soul because then you get to wake up the next day and go, all right, uh, we need to change. I need to operate differently. I need to realize that He is first, that God is first. Jesus is first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all these things will keep coming. All these things will be added to you. I won't need anything. I lack nothing because I'm seeking first His kingdom, right? Um, I think everything's an invitation. Um, I think... um, I think sometimes we can, I'm just going to go with the flow. Is that all right? Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, you're all right for me to do that? Okay, all right, I promise I won't take up too much time, but um, it might happen. So. so I promise, but it might happen. So I don't know how you figure that out. <laughs> what, I, I, I don't know. Um, see, see, an experience is great. But uh, an encounter with the presence of God, it is designed to lead you into a greater knowing of Him. Because I don't just need to go for an experience. I need to go to the, to the point where I know Him better, where I know, I know Him. It's not just about uh, knowing about Him. I can, I can read the Bible a thousand times over and know a lot about Him. But this Christ died that you would know Him, right? That He would know you. That it wouldn't just be uh, a decision that you make once a week to come to service. You come to service and it's like, yeah, this is awesome. And then Monday morning, you don't know him anymore. But it's actually about walking with him and knowing him, regardless of the mountaintops or the valleys that I walk through, regardless of the plains or, or the deserts that I walk through. It's about knowing him. That's the point. That's why he allows hell to break loose sometimes. I've been reading the book of Job. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, so the devil turns up into God's, you know, throne room and, uh, and, you know, and they have a conversation and it's not even though the devil had, had selected Job, God says, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> that, just, that really messed with my theology for a while. I'm like, are you kidding me? God's like, Hey, would you like to mess with this guy now? Wow, awesome, awesome. Um, I think they, uh, whenever you pursue an experience only, you're going to be left dissatisfied. Every time. You know, every time I, if I come to church or put on worship music just so I feel nice, that's, I'm ultimately going to be left dissatisfied. What does not leave me dissatisfied is knowing Him, Right? is knowing Him and walking with Him. That, that never leaves me dissatisfied. Well, sometimes it, mean, it means I, I want more. So I have a holy dissatisfaction. I go, God, that was awesome. Can I have some more? Can we go further? There's always more. There's always further. Right? But I think if we pursue 
him, if, if I pursue him, and, I, and I, I'm still kind of struggling with the difference between an encounter in, with his presence and knowing him, uh, because I feel like uh, I get a sense, I, I believe that when I encounter him, then that's him. I don't just have an experience and then, you know, as a nice moment, but that's actually God's presence impacting me. But, the, but, the, but the, the, the experience of His presence is always designed to draw you into a closer relationship with Him. The experience of an issue in your world is always an invitation to know Him more. The experience of His presence is an invitation to know Him more. Um, let's look at Psalm 100 and, uh, 103. Uh, it says this, this really funny scripture. In the middle of Psalm 103, written by David, it says, He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. Okay? That's, you kind of go, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. But you see the difference? Israel was satisfied with his deeds. Israel was satisfied with the acts of God. Israel was satisfied with, okay, God's providing a miracle every day. Every, every day we walk out and there's manna on the ground. And then they eventually, I heard Bill Johnson say this recently, he said, eventually miracles become boring. Because Israel had a miracle every time, every morning. They'd wake up, hey, there's new matter on the ground. How awesome is this? And after a while, they're like, can we have some meat now? This is getting really tiresome. So God's like, oh, give them some quail. So every, every morning, they'd wake up, and there's some quail, and there's some manna. Well, fantastic, fantastic. But Israel was satisfied with the acts of God, and Moses got to know the ways of God. And you only know the ways of God by be walking in relationship with God. See, the problem, of a, the problem with a problem is that all I want from God is breakthrough. All I want from God is a relief on my issue. Don't ever have a, a problem-based relationship with God. Because... You know, then my habits, well, my habits form really deep and really strong when I've got an issue in my world because it's all problem-based. But then when everything's going great, well, I don't need those anymore. I don't need God at the moment. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But then I'm faced with something else and because my relationship with God is problem-based, well, now, oh, yes, I'm going to seek God. Oh, I'm going to intercede for my family. I'm going to travail. Oh, my goodness. Ah! And, and then we get super spiritual when the hardship comes. We just got to go, God, you first. Yeah. Daily. No matter what. Create a habit. Create a relationship with God that is based on who you are and who He is not based on your current circumstance. Moses got to know his ways. So if you jump over to, uh, to Exodus chapter 33, if you don't want to keep going with me, I'm, I'm going to be flipping around every, everywhere. So I'm just going to read it anyway. Moses 33. Sorry, sorry, Exodus 33. I'm reading the word Moses and I said Moses 33. It's pretty much all about Moses. So, uh, yeah, new book. 
No, we are a, we're a, we are a specific canon of Scripture Bible church here today, everybody. No making up new stuff. Don't worry. Glad you all pulled me up on that. You're going to be like, hmm, this, this, this guy's pretty creative. <laughs> Verse 13 of Exodus 33. Uh, Moses says to God, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you. Moses wasn't satisfied with just the acts of God. He wasn't just satisfied with a breakthrough here or there. He wasn't just satisfied with an encounter with God. He wanted to know God. Teach me your ways. Not, don't just show me your acts. Don't just show me how amazing you are. Teach me your ways that I might know you. How good is that? And continue to find favor with you. Is, is, is that your heart? This is a really tough question because we want to say yes, but often our pursuit of breakthrough, not our pursuit of Him, defines our spirituality. Right? God, give me some relief from my problem. I find half the time that, 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 that I'm in an issue and, and, and I'm saying, God, give me some relief. God, give me a breakthrough. He says, you make the breakthrough. I've given you authority. I've given you power. You're my son. You have access to all the resources of heaven. You make the breakthrough. God, would you love that person and bless that person? You bless that person. Huh. I've given you access. Walk in what I've given you. Okay. That's a little harder to do than, oh God, please help. Right? You, you do it. I'm always so confronted whenever he says, you do it. God, would you bless this person? Oh, just, just, yeah, come on, come on. You do it. <laughs> well, now I have to do something. It was so much easier to pray from a distance. <laughs> right? I love what Moses says. Now, uh, I'm going to flick over all the way over to the, uh, to the end of the Bible in 1 John chapter 3. And this is what it says. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That word for see, it's not really there. It's, it's the word behold. And it means to stand up, pay attention, take notice. Look at this. This is important. You know that old song, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us? It's exactly what this verse says. Do you, do you, Beck's now seeing it. Great. Great. Do you want the mic? Oh, okay, okay. I'm not going to sing it either. That would be bad. But behold, look at, look at the way that God has lavished His love on you. Look at it. Because it is so different to what we were expecting. We were, we, we, we were hoping just to get into heaven. We were hoping, oh good, my sins are forgiven, right? Awesome, thank you Jesus, that's awesome. And he goes, hang on a minute, because I'm actually gonna change who you are and how you operate and how you relate to me. Right? I love it. Take notice of what the Father has bestowed on us. God has made for us a special way to relate to Him. 
to relate to him, to relate to him, right? Not to send him emails hoping for money in your bank account, right? Right? To relate to him, to know him. Doesn't it matter how many times we talk in church about Christianity being a relationship, we always default to God as my boss and I'm the employee and I just got to get stuff done. You know, I'm just going, yep, yep, yep. Ever, ever prayed, God, use me? God, I just want to be used by you. That's a really noble thing. I used to pray that every day. God, just use my life. Use me, use me. God's like, I, just, I want you to be my son. I want, to, I, want to work, I want to work with you to do stuff. I just want to use you. You're not, you're not, you're not my employee, God says, right? You're my son. You're my daughter. That's, that's different. That's, that's very different, right? Um, this is a great little book to read. It's called The New Believer's Guide to the Christian Life. I think every, if, you're, if you're a new believer, you need to get a hold of this. A couple of things he says. I've come to believe that God is far more relational than utilitarian. God did not save me so that He could merely use me. He saved me by His grace and for His glory. He saved me for a relationship with Him. Except we often go, well, he saved me just so that I can be, you know, like a, a, a worker, you know, just so I can be a worker. Well, just so I can do his bidding, just so I can fulfill my task from God, just so I can fulfill the purpose that's on my life, my assignment. Well, I've got an assignment. I better do it. Great. No, no, no. He saved you for a relationship with him. Yes, you have a purpose. Yes, there's a calling on your life. Yes, there's an assignment. But it's all meant to be relational with the Father. Right? He goes on and he says, Deep down, for the majority of my Christian life, I have lived, prayed, and served because I related to God as my employer, not my Abba, Father. <sighs> Nothing is as good as knowing Him. In Philippians chapter, um, chapter 3, it says, uh, I've really got to, really to move because I've got like heaps more to do. All right. Right. No, it's okay. I'm up to F and there's only H. It's all good. All right. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, it says, uh, Paul says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ, right? He's just talked about all his religious credentials. Look at me. Look at what I was. Look at who I was. Look at what I had. Look at the influence. Look at the, look at the, the, the way I laid down my life. Look at all this stuff that I had. Look at, my, look at who I was in the church. And then he says, whatever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And then he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Oh, I'm going to keep going. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Nothing is more important than gaining Christ. Nothing. That is the most important thing that you, can, that you can set your life on. 
I must gain Christ. Is he saying that marriage and children and, and having fun and, and dinner parties and Slurpees from 7-Eleven, are they all garbage? Well, maybe the last one. <laughs> but he's saying in comparison to knowing Christ, that's all, that's, 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 that's almost, it's, we could almost call that all, all that garbage because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Not just serving Christ, not just following Christ, but knowing Christ. Big difference. Knowing Christ, knowing Him. Uh, I looked up the Greek for that surpassing worth. I'm like, what does that even mean? Uh, the Greek, there's two Greek words there that uh, I don't even know what it's, what it, how, how to pronounce it. But it, but it's hypoexa, hyperexo, right? Hyperexo, get them right. And it means far beyond to receive something far beyond anything else. So what he's saying is to know and pursue Christ is is the, the, the next thing that's second on the list is so far back. Number one is pursuing Christ, and number two is off in the distance. That's the gap of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And yet, what do we pursue? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll get my priorities in order one day. Well, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ should be your number one. Right? Someone thought it was good. I, I, I've been listening to a bit of Bill Johnson lately, and he says, um, he said, every time there's a miracle, that's wonderful, but it's only a sign. It's only a sign. And a sign always points to something more important than itself. Um, you know, if you see, uh, you, you really want to try out the new restaurant in Honeysuckle, and you're like, oh, it's going to be so good, and everyone's raving about this restaurant, and you're like, and you turn up, and you find a park, and you pay your stupid parking fee, and you stick it on your dash, and you get it, and you walk, and you see the sign for the restaurant, and you're like, okay, good, we're done. And you get back into your car, and you drive home. The sign is not the point. The sign always points to something else. The miracles, the wonders, the things that we, that we pursue, they're great. And we should have more miracles and more healings and more touches of God, right? We should have more pursuit of the encounter with God, right? But it's just a sign of who He is. Right? It's not, the, it's not the, the thing. A sign is even a, a miracle, all right? That's even an invitation. Okay? Then you look at, uh, I've written it down, uh, Revelation 19.10, where it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, you, and everyone gets so jealous when someone else gets up and talks about their testimony. Oh, and God did this for me. And we all go, oh, great, I wish you'd do that for me. Well, hang on a minute. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You get to prophetically receive what that person has just walked in. Right? Right? Someone gets up and says, I had a financial breakthrough. That's not just so you feel good for them. 
That's so that you'll go, whoa, I need that. But hang on a minute. Receiving that, that's not even the point. Because that is an invitation to know Him in that way. We think that the breakthrough is the point. The breakthrough is just a sign that I might know God as my breakthrough. That I might know God as my provider. And I might know Him in that way. It's not just so that I have more money in my account every week. It's so that, that my relationship with God is such that He is my provider. And I know Him in that way. Ah, oh, good, I'm getting really loud. All right, I'm going to finish with this one. And we're going we're gonna to move into another song. Jeremiah 24, verse 7. You all thought I was going to say 29, 11, but gosh... Read the rest of Jeremiah, it's also good. Can I have some water? <laughs> I'm lacking uh, any kind of, thank you. I put it way over here, Silla, so I won't kick it. Jeremiah 24, verse 7. It says, I will give them heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. I, um, I'm hesitant to use the word repentance because it has so many negative connotations, even in the Christian faith. We all go, oh, I have to sit, lie down and, 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 you know, flail myself or say, woe is me a thousand times or whatever. But repentance just means I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind to align with who God is and what He says. And I think, I think we need to repent of pursuing the breakthrough instead of pursuing Him. Because the breakthrough is just an invitation. Hardship is just an invitation. Testimony is just an invitation. It's all, he's all, he's inviting you through all these things to know him in that way. But, but how fickle are we? How fickle are we that I'm satisfied with a breakthrough? I wasn't born to be satisfied with a breakthrough. Christ didn't die so that I'd be satisfied with a breakthrough. Christ died that I might know Him and walk with Him and, and carry His presence and carry His authority and carry the, the mark of His kingdom wherever I go. Not just for a breakthrough. Just stand up with me for a minute. Thank you, Father. Just close your eyes. You might want to lift your hands. Maybe that's, maybe that's been your journey. And maybe you're like, that's totally me. I need, to, I need to stop just pursuing some relief from my situation. I need to pursue Him. I want to know Christ. 
Paul goes on in that, in that verse. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. He goes on, he says, And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. If that's you, just lift your hands right now. I want to know Christ and be found in Him. That's the point. I want to know Him. I don't want just some relief in my situation. I want to know Him. I don't just want to hear a testimony of faith. I want to know Him. I, just, I don't just want to experience His provision. I want to know Him as my provider. I want to know Him. God, we want to know you. We want to know you more. Let that be the hallmark of our lives. Not that we were like Israel and were satisfied with your deeds, but that we were like Moses. And you, you, you taught us your ways so that we could know you, so that we could work with you, so that we could be with you so that we could release, administer, and bless, and heal, and walk with you. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.